We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hey everybody, it's Mario here, host, or one half of the host of the Peaky Pod, alongside... The other half of your host, Zachary. Welcome. Hey, well, thanks for listening to this episode. This is the first time we actually do a pre-roll ad, and you'll probably hear it one more time at the end. But we'd just like to announce an upcoming show that we are planning called The Story Archive Show. We plan on that being our kind of hub for doing one-off reviews of movies and maybe specific episodes of TV shows that are on our gauntlet, our Thanos gauntlet of Mm -hmm. the greatest TV shows ever. And uh, we want to invite you to subscribe. We're going to put the links in there. But if you don't want to go to the show notes, just type in Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, the Story Archive show, and we should pop up. So please subscribe, follow us, and uh, let us know how you're liking the Peaky Pod. We hope you enjoy this episode and take care. Thank you. Welcome back to the Peaky Blinders Pod by Story Archives. I'm your host, Mario Busto, alongside Zachary Newton. It has been a minute. Welcome Ladies back. and gents, it has been approximately, how many minutes are in two months? <laughs> <laughs> I can't count that much at this hour. All right, so here, here's what's going on. Uh, we last recorded in July, um, mm. probably after I came back from vacation, or maybe it was before. I think it was right before. Jesus, I am. We are sorry, ladies and gentlemen. We did not neglect this for any terrible reason. It was maybe we put the cart in front of the horse a little bit too much because we started developing a new show on a sister channel of the Soapbox Network, which we are calling the business side of things. And uh, that's actually a nice title for a show, the business side of things. But yeah. uh, it's actually called the Soapbox Business Show, and we are interviewing business owners to kind of delve into the transcendent wisdom found across all industries of business. Um, and that's the show we've been focusing on for the last month, as we also are planning to launch a new service on Soapbox uh, that we are working title calling Soapbox Plus to mm-hmm. essentially help podcast creators out there self-publish, as well as to provide a white glove service that both publishes and manages podcasts. And so in between that and our full-time focuses as myself as a video production company owner and Zach as a full-time director, you know, stuff like that. We've let it go to the wayside, but we were brought back to life. We were resurrected from the Peaky Blinders grave, (laughs) from the grave that was almost Tommy Shelby's back in season, the end of season two. Yeah. Where he almost had fucking everything. <laughs> uh, we actually got a really kind email from a listener named Joy, who is a. We kind of disrupted her flow because she was she was watching Joy. If you're listening out there, this episode was expedited for you, and we got the other one coming very soon to finish off our Peaky Blinders collection, because uh, Joy's been watching these episodes and using it as an episodic guide to entertain her on her Peaky Blinders journey. So, uh, yeah. 
Joy, this one is for you. And thank you. That was a very pleasing email. Um, much more pleasing than Alfie was in this episode to treating the, the Italians. Just a little bit. Yeah. Um, okay. So we had two episodes to go because we, as you guys have known, we finished seasons one, two, three, five, and six. Yep. Is there season seven? Nope. Okay. I wish there Not was gonna though. talk about that. Yeah. Right. We finished it all. So now we just got five and six and we're going to go out with a bang. A real big bang. All right, Zach, what'd you think <laughs> of this episode? Because I, for one, this episode used to be on my gauntlet of the top Peaky Blinders mm. episodes. But I got to say, after rewatching now for like the 77th time, Luca as a tactician just pisses me off, pal. I agree. I agree. I, I will say every time I look back at this season, like this is the episode for me that stands out. Um, you know, th- there are some key scenes in here that I always recall. I Apparently, I remember them differently than they actually happened. So I thought which, that like, was interesting. Like which one? Um, I mean, just the whole scene in here with, uh, with them running around shooting at each other. Like, I don't know why I had it in my mind that, you know, that Tommy kills Luca in this scene. And I was just like, <laughs> I, I'm like, I, I mean, uh, we, we've been saying this whole time, um, you, you know, season three and four hasn't been our favorite. Although upon rewatch season three, three is was much fantastic. better than I, than we remembered. Yeah. This is about what I remembered in terms of like quality, but I, I, I'm just like missing certain details. It's, it's like, I'm watching this. And I'm like, I totally forgot this happened. So I, I chalk up anything negative in this season to John Boy, just effing it all up for yeah. wanting to leave the show. I just chalk it up to John Boy. Anything that's off, John Boy, because yeah. you did that to us, pal. The show was great. You should have stayed on. Realistically, I would love to look at the timeline. And I like him as an actor. We saw Gangs of London. Yeah, he was great. Uh, great show. But, I don't think Gangs of London was filming anywhere near season four of this, but I could be talking out of my behind right now. So it was a while ago. I, I can't recall off the top of my head, but any hate I have is based out of love, you know, because they say hatred is like a form of flattery. You know, no, like it's that. like a form of love. I think you couldn't hate something yeah. unless you loved it, right? You have to be passionate about it to hate it. Yeah, got it. Something like that. So I guess you're passionate yeah. for John Boy, but there was a <laughs> <laughs> there was a really. Uh, a, I'll take at least John I Boy. thought it was a nice redemption moment with the Lewis gun, but I'll take John Boy over Finn. If Finn would have done that, I would have been like good riddance. But like, oh, I know. I just thought there was a little more to John Boy than he was. I thought a, it was he always was a really solid character. Yeah, I always thought it was you know the ranking of Tommy, Polly, Arthur, John Boy, Ada. I always thought it was kind of that. Those four, no, those, those five. Yeah. All right, let's get into the episode. This is uh, is there a title for this episode? The duel. Okay, the duel. Let's get into it. Our episode recap start now. We do start out with it with a nice little duel. Yeah, um, if that's what you want to call it, I, I have a theory. Changretta yeah. has a toothpick in his mouth at all yes. times, and I stand by a theory that one cannot be urgent with a toothpick in in their mouth. No, you you got to be calm because if if you, I mean, it, just look at Ryan Gosling. I mean, everything he's in. True. Yeah, well, exactly. you know. I don't think he's ever had a toothpick in his mouth in a movie, but if anybody's ever looked like they've had a toothpick in their mouth, <laughs> Ryan Gosling, Ryan Gosling has a spiritual toothpick in his mouth. It's at all true. It, that, that that is that is for sure. You yeah. just see him on the street, and you're like, there was a toothpick in there like two seconds ago yeah. in there. All right, so we leave off uh, this episode with the supposed betrayal of Tommy Shelby by 
a one Aunt Polly, mm-hmm. who I, I must say they have both put Michael in a terrible position. They have lied to him openly. They've made it seem like, you know, this is the end of, of Tommy and now he has to choose between his mother and him. Mm-hmm. But in reality, Tommy's in on it the whole time, you know, so we, we can talk more about this later, but it feels like Polly almost set it up in such a way that Michael, you know, is put to blame here. Like he, like he did something wrong, which it's easy for me on my couch to say, you know, what you would do in that situation. Yeah. You, it's Tommy Shelby, man. You always assume that he ha- he's got the upper hand, right? Yeah. You always assume that he knows what's going on. I, I I was I was happy though, and I, I the first time watching this, realizing that you know he he kind of knew it was going on, right? Like that black star that we saw on the written book, in, yeah. his, in his book, right? Like yeah, we we, we knew probably didn't betray him at that point. Well, did we know, or was it because we've rewatched this and then we knew it from that? Because I, you know, it's hard to imagine Polly betraying Tommy. Mm-hmm. So I never really like you imagine the show without Tommy for God's sake. Like, well, just... yeah, I mean, and 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 Polly's such a mother figure to to yeah. Tommy as well. But I I wouldn't say it was like the moment we saw her write the Black Star that we knew that it was just like at this moment once you knew okay look Tommy was prepared he was ready for this Luca's like oh you know that she lied yeah. right um so it, it it was refreshing and there was just a moment ago with with the whole Lewis gun that I was talking about. It was like that little re- redemption moment. At least they had some flashback, uh, uh, you know, like feelings of, of when John Boy was getting shot from all the Tommy guns. Um, yeah. When he just yeah. obliterated the Italian. Interesting, right? They probably yeah. did that on purpose. But mm-hmm. I, I got to say, you know, the way he sprang those bullets, first and foremost, Luca's men are terrible. They're shots. Yeah. And Tommy's not much better himself unless they're right in front of him. Um but getting back to this, Tommy was well aware of this ambush because he did have the Lewis gun set up on the perch mm-hmm. um, and did a really good job of like kind of crowd controlling the whole neighborhood here, right? Yeah. We see that Tommy's operating from a position like, uh, reminds me of the Patriot with Mel Gibson. Yeah. You know, where they have, the, they're doing guerrilla warfare and it's like, I remember they called him the ghost of something, but. It's like Tommy knows the terrain here, and so he's using it to his advantage to ambush Luca's men who are charging at him like kung fu fighters in a Bruce Lee movie, just one at a time, while Luca just with his toothpick goes over uh, each of his comrades' bodies. You'd think he would get a little more mad, too. Like, he doesn't seem as... He's just chill, and that's my issue with it. He's too chill. Like, what are we doing, man? Why don't you just stake out by his car? Tommy's got to leave at some point. Well, there is a guy down by his car. Is there? Well, for a few more moments, there is, yeah. Mm. Um, Tommy Tommy takes care of him. I don't know. I, I just find that this whole, like, vaunted and terror, terrifying Luca Changreta, he's only ever seen, like, six men at a time. Mm-hmm. Tommy owns the city, man. He, well, this this is like Tommy's place. Like he knows everything. I mean, you even hear one of the guys here say that he's like he knows the streets. We don't we don't know anything. Like we're new here. Let's take it a step further. Let's. You just made a great point. This is Tommy's neighborhood. Yeah. If Tommy knew about the ambush in the exact time, why didn't he just have all of his gang members there? ready to go on artillery square? It would have been a bloodbath. It would have wiped this out I immediately. I do think that is probably 
one of a few, like, I guess, plot holes, maybe I would call it. And these, like, it just, it may, maybe not a plot, it just seems like a stupid decision. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, you knew it was coming. You knew it was an ambush. It wasn't last minute. Like, even if you, probably known for a little while now mm-hmm. you've got lewis guns in place for you to pull up to have a few more a few more guys on guns i you know Just if i'm in the out. if i'm in the writer's room i definitely want this this face off this kind of like intense thing mm-hmm. um but if this is real life i mean tommy's already dead because we have that episode earlier in the season where <laughs> luca rolls the bullet across the table yeah adam like <laughs> The Dude. best flick ever. And he had already emptied Tommy's gun yeah. of bullets. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's the part. We get, we're get we getting to the point where Tommy's already killed about uh, two guys so far. And yeah. now he sees the final guy that he kills coming down the alleyway. Um, speaking to Luca's urgency here, Tommy shoots... All right, let's go to the timeline. Tommy shoots the guy, mm-hmm. goes down two flights of stairs, yeah. three flights of stairs. Luca and this guy, the guy who was complaining about the food in London, I think, yep. uh, from a couple episodes ago, uh, they go outside. They see Tommy. They're around the corner. You can see them peeked around the corner. If you pause it right there, you can see yep. them looking. He even says that he killed a wounded man. Mm-hmm. And so instead of coming out from behind the corner, seeing Tommy full in sight, he comes out like Al Capone, high off coke, holding yeah. his Tommy gun with one arm. One hand. What are we doing? You came from New York, man. Like, you gotta be better. <laughs> oh man. I mean, it's, have some urgency. I don't think these guys. I mean, I could be wrong. I, I would say like I don't think they served at all. Like, Tom, Tommy did serve, and so you know he does have. No, they I guess both, a better experience they, with they, guns. They did both serve. I think they did Luca, both. I believe Luca has a quote where they do talk about. That's um, sad because you know, he does not act like it. Like every decision he makes is not maybe, smart. Maybe uh, Jimmy can do a little quick Google search of like whether Luca Changretto was in the the war. I, I believe he makes a comment about the generations uh, being different. You know? Oh no, mm-hmm. I remember what it is. Luca says. Everything here is about the war. Remember that quote he has? Yeah. Where he says, everything here is, is about, has to do with the war. Mm-hmm. Which is true. And um, I got to say one thing, and it's, it's really nice about Peaky Blinders. Mm-hmm. And although it has like, we're making fun of a character in Peaky, but don't get, a, don't get it twisted. Like, I love this series and I can't, I don't get tired of rewatching this show. It's the, it's the damnedest thing. But, uh, I love the undercurrent, like the undertone of the of the plots that are developing. So, like the sit, while Tommy's plot is acting out, you have the geopolitical plot going on, being hinted at by other characters in this episode, like Colonel Ben Younger, and even the cop who breaks up the fight here, where he says, "Tommy, mm-hmm. the rule of law is being restored. The army's coming. All right, things are changing." Yeah, you know. And so, while you're paying attention to this, it's almost like the alien invasion movie, where you know. Everybody's going about their day of work and you hear you have the news channel in the background going, odd reports of lights going out in the middle of Montana, you know, I don't know, just some random yeah. state. Chicago, 20 blackouts in one week. What's going on? And then the, all these little hinted peaks of what like what's going on in the future come to come to play. Yeah. Jimmy's telling me it doesn't seem like Luca actually served. In- no. 
World War One, no. Well, that would explain the one-armed Tommy gun yeah. tactic. That makes me feel a little better. <laughs> he pulled up Malibu's Most Wanted, uh, for those who know that reference. You know. Oh, man. For somebody with a rivalry with Capone, uh, he, uh, he really likes to, to imitate him, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Tommy has the fight broken up by the police who somehow let Luca and his last henchman get away. Um, I thought that I thought the cop shot Luca, like, by the way, like I, I thought it was like a direct hit or something. Yeah. But I guess not. Yeah. 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 It's just something else. I, I just put in my notes. Luca is a cartoon character. Uh, <laughs> it, he throws his toothpick out the, after he fires his like one armed Tommy gun thing. I said mm-hmm. at that point that he's like, all right, I got to take this thing seriously right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So we get a family meeting here to which the family's taking it pretty well that Tommy decided to take on Luca and his gang one on six or one on five. Yeah. Yeah. But one, I think it was six. Yeah. Considering Arthur's whole ordeal with wanting to be the one who pulled the trigger at the start of the season, Mm-hmm. Uh, he's taking it pretty well. Uh, Johnny Dogs is, uh, he shines in this episode. Uh, Johnny Dogs is always fun in every episode he's in. He makes a comment about thinking Tommy's gone soft. And he's like, hey, Tommy, I thought you'd gone soft. <laughs> and you got that bastard. And you've got that balancing act that kind of like brings everything back to earth when Charlie comes in and says, you got three what, dad? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like, oh, <laughs> just murdered three Italians. That's yeah, it. no, nothing big. Don't worry about it. We've actually got a few different storylines going on at once for different kind of plot lines and themes going on in this episode. Mm-hmm. Got Tommy grappling with Changretta, and in the rest of the episode, he's very much in his feelings about having killed three men. You got Lizzie, who's pregnant and um, dealing with telling Tommy the news. You got Arthur, who's kind of mysterious in his in this episode of what he's feeling about about it all he's mainly coked up and drunk the whole episode which is a good um, arthur i mean yeah I'm saying. yeah that is a top top tier arthur yeah yeah um we do get the confrontation with lizzie after she's biding her time to tell tommy about being pregnant and to my surprise this by the way this is like probably maybe my favorite scene of the episode yeah um Tommy is actually celebratory about it. He is talking about how much death there's been lately and, you know, it's a nice change to have some life. I, yeah. I, I just think the whole setting of this scene, the lighting, the tone, the dialogue is, is pretty perfect in this scene. They really, they really have that teal and orange look on this too. You yeah, can see like the, the moonlight coming in from the window there. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. It's like yeah. motivated and just looking so clean absolutely and you get like this nice culmination of this frustrated love on lizzie's part you know she Mm -hmm. loves tommy right yeah and she gets a brief moment of some affection back before he starts thinking about all the death again and then after that he kind of treats her like a a common woman he's like look i'll send you an allowance and i'll buy you a nice house but she wants a happily ever after with tommy and let's be real she's been wanting that from season one i never Mm -hmm. I never thought from season one that Lizzie would be this solidified or as this front and center of a character. Me neither. I, I didn't expect it. And I mean, 
I like I, I kind of think that was the point, right? <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't like she was a very prominent character in that season, but she's really every single season she's she's grown a little little more, a little more. And here we are. And I think that's a nice touch too cuz it's, it's very subtle. Yeah. Cuz in in life you also things don't pan out the way you think they do, right? Yeah, that's for sure. And so this love comes out of nowhere between Lizzie who used to be who he'd pay for for sex back when he came back from the war, right? Yeah. But it kind of buds into something a little deeper, as you see in these uh, previous episodes. Yeah. Although it's got to feel bad for Lizzie because she knows that Tommy was thinking about somebody else while he was having sex with her. You would really think that that would make you feel like like shit, wouldn't you? I mean... (laughs) It's not going to make you feel good. Yeah. Oh, that's a that's a lot of money. Yeah, you got... Arthur just in the vault here. I really don't understand what's going on with Arthur in this episode in terms of his feelings or what's going on through his mind here. It's just a lot of drunk Arthur, you know, a lot of yeah. coked up Arthur. The cocaine habit has gotten out of hand at this point. Yeah, I mean, he... Arthur is good with cocaine and some drink, but he is like two bottles of whiskey and like I don't know what what would you call that like container of coke? Like how much is that? I don't know. I'm not very familiar with uh, coke portions, but uh, me, <laughs> me <laughs> neither. But it is a large <laughs> bottle of cocaine. It really is. I, I would like to see somebody throw up in the show just once, dude. Like the, these, I mean, like he's he's on his. He's on the floor now, but <laughs> they hold it in pretty well in the show. I mean, I'd, I'd be, I'd be dead. <laughs> I've got a sincere question. I'm sure we could like historically kind of research this. Does nobody OD in this show because the coke was clean back then? That's like, an there, interesting question. Like there wasn't anything to be worried about it being laced with. Because nowadays, like you know, you maybe get some coke and it has like fentanyl or some crazy crap in it, and, and then you're dead. You know. Hmm. By the way, I'm not a cocaine user as I talk about these things, but I just, <laughs> just wonder because Arthur does, Arthur does a lot of cocaine, like yeah. a lot of cocaine, like Tony Montana levels of cocaine. <laughs> He's, you know, he, yeah. I just wonder. I, I don't. I mean, I don't see anything saying that it was like cleaner. I think you could assume it might be, right? Was cocaine like an innovation of the early 1900s? Did it, did it exist before it, then? I think it came before that. I'm interested. I don't know. When did cocaine become When was cocaine thing? invented? Uh, there was like a coca and, you know, cannabis and a whole bunch of other things and morphine and heroin in the 1840s it seems so 1840s yeah interesting i mean what was it coca-cola no that's a that's a myth bro okay well coca-cola never put cocaine in their original recipe that that is there have you seen the history of uh the guy that made the initial recipe before before it came coca-cola so before it came coca-cola it was something completely different it was like a meta like this medicine that was it Hmm. and it was the flavor that they like 
I'm not super familiar. I just found out recently that that cocaine thing was a lie. I look. I don't think they put it in Coca Cola, but the initial product. I mean, it was just on the History Channel, so I'm gonna go with that and say it's true. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um. <laughs> all right. So, Polly and the Gypsies. Mm-hmm. Michael's finally out of the hospital, and Polly does not feel safe leaving him there. Uh, Michael, for being the brains, doesn't quite seem to understand the threat of Changreta because he's like, I'll stay at a hotel while Polly's saying, Listen, you're going to stay with the gypsies because nobody knows where they're going to go. Mm-hmm. Polly shines in this episode. You get a very well-adjusted Polly who, after having escaped death at the start of this season, right? It's the start of this season where the, they're saved from the hangings. Yeah. She's very much adjusted to it. She's made peace with Tommy. We get this meeting between her and... Not a meeting. It's like a picnic slash uh, sex session with Abarama here. And um, that's like um, that's not like a very romantic way to put it. Uh, these it are like a, it was a date. It yeah, was these a are like two. Date. Yeah, these are. This is like a little impromptu date in the woods between Polly and Abarama, and and Polly looks very youthful. Mm-hmm. She says she's sixteen when she's in the smoke. Yeah, she kind and of acts it too. Like, she does. She's like perched, not, she's not sitting in, in the mud, sitting yeah. in the mud, very flexible. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I would break my back if I did that. Yeah, there's no way pull a leg or something abarama is completely smitten by her like you can tell he's in love with this this woman yeah i i feel like there there was like almost some history between them or something but i i don't really think there was you know i want to mention another show that kind of this is reminding me of mm-hmm. kind of gives off tracy stevens and gordo Stevens vibes <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah. abarama being gordo and Polly being the untamed uncatchable tracy stevens yeah. That's for all mankind, for all those who are wondering. Yeah, I finally got Mario to start watching that one. I just got into it and it's fantastic. Yeah. It's Mad Men if they worked at NASA. That's my that's my <laughs> synopsis of the show. Um which we should do a podcast about for all mankind. I just think maybe not episodic. We'll yeah, just do I like, think it should just be like a seasonal three episodes. Three yeah. episodes. Uh we do sandwich that. it. That's it. Yeah. Well, Polly and Abrahama meet. Uh she's trusting Abrahama and his and his people. To take care of Michael because, uh, as we know now, Polly never really betrayed Tommy. And so Changreta knows this. And so he's probably out for blood with Tommy at the top of his list. And then Michael, number two, because he's trying to strike at Polly where it would hurt her most. Yeah. Right? And at the end of the day, Tommy spared Changreta's mother. Yeah. Or actually, no. Arthur and John spared Changreta's mother. So mm-hmm. I would be I would be shocked if Changreta were to kill Polly because even being a cartoon character and all, he seems to have a bit of honor and, and a code to his methods. Think about it. He yeah. could have killed Tommy in that boardroom. Well, I mean, dude, they, they, they he could have killed many of them much sooner than this. Yeah. Right. I mean, I mean, you've got three guys with Tommy guns plowing down john point you don't make sure michael's dead too yeah like oh you at least walk over there and double tap yeah. you know yeah 
Well, Abrahama and Polly uh, make love in the in the smoke over uh, some nice charred rabbit. So they call <laughs> it buck. I've never heard it called buck. Yeah? No? You no. ever gone hunting? Hunt, uh, no. Not. No, I haven't. Not to skin an animal? I could figure it out if I needed to. Like play I've some red, enough red dead. Play some red dead and just like yeah. slow down the replay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's a that's probably yeah. that's probably what I'd do. It's very accurate. If I was <laughs> in the woods, I'd say yeah. red dead, skin an animal. Just cut it open, get the guts out. You gotta you gotta hang it upside down so the blood, you know, comes out of the body and there you go. Just start trimming off some meat. I hope nobody Your listens face right now. <laughs> I hope nobody listens to this episode out of context. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how to kill a something yeah yeah i was talking about a deer (laughs) (laughs) well it's kind of a prolonged scene between abarama and polly where she does threaten him but it's like a soft threat abarama's it it, it was like a a um what's what's i'm looking for such a simple word it was like a flirtatious threat yeah yeah if ever there's a flirtatious threat that involves a knife to the throat this was it this was clearly it that's that's for sure on to Alfie. Alfie and the Italians. It's interesting, right? Because they go mm-hmm. from Pauli, Abrahama saying, I hear you have second sight. And then Alfie starts it off with this quote about, you know, they say if you have sight that you should close your eyes for 30 seconds so that, you mm-hmm. know, you can uh, relate to the people who do not. Yeah. And it's all about like kind of tie i think it's tying in the theme of having second sight with uh paulie okay what's what's brilliant about this negotiation scene with alfie is something that i didn't remember until watching it again tonight he uses the negotiation to get to the heart of who luca changreta is and so alfie's busting their balls all over this uh this negotiation you know he wants Mm -hmm. What sounds like a little amount of money nowadays, it's like if somebody asked me to like take you out, yeah. you know, you know, to kill you for like a two thousand bucks. Oh, I, you know, I, that sounds pretty terrible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like at the very least, aside from it being a terrible act, this, I mean, this come stick, on, two thousand. I could Don't buy, insult me. <laughs> I, exactly. Like I could buy a TV worth more that than that. Yeah. You know, like give me a break. What are we? What are we doing here? I'm, yeah. You know, I don't know what the number is, but it's not that. Right, mm-hmm. that barely pays rent. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe a month. So they strike uh. up a deal for two hundred barrels and some cash. Arthur, con- I mean Alfie, continues to put um, conditions on top of the amount of money that he's owed by Changreta, mm-hmm. and Changreta just keeps saying yes and yes and yes, even to the circumcision of his own men. Yeah, <laughs> you imagine being a soldier of Changreta. Oh man, and you come in. And they say, hey, we got to circumcise you. <laughs> I mean, that's, you better be paying a good amount of money for that. Oh, yeah. You better be getting some for that, too. Ugh. Yeah. It's so, the last thing I would want to do as a full grown adult. Freaking circumcision? I'm out. Yeah. yeah. Which I, I guess back then, um, yeah, let's not go there. Yeah. <laughs> it, it happens. <laughs> let's not go back. Yeah. I'm assuming, like, what? It just the Jews were, were circumcised? Oh, I I don't remember. At this time, nah, I think it was more than that. The way Alfie's talking, I think Alfie's literally just busting their balls because 
later in the episode, we don't see anybody being checked. No. So you imagine you get circumcised for no reason. (laughs) (laughs) You get there. It's like, (laughs) it's like you were preparing for a big job. You did the research and then they don't even ask you a question about it. They don't. What? I did all of that studying for no reason, except for this. It's like literally your. I just learned physics. Give me a break. Yeah. 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 Well, he gets down to the bottom of, of this negotiation and essentially realizes that Tommy was correct, that mm-hmm. Changreta's out to kill them all. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, otherwise you wouldn't agree to all of, all of those conditions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's Which, just be real. Let's just be real. Yeah, what did you think about this whole scene between Alfie and, and Changreta? I realized at this moment that Shangreta does not have a toothpick in his mouth. What? It's a match. No. I swear it's a match. No. Yeah. Hold it here. Wait for it. Look at that. It's a match. match. (laughs) That's what I thought. That's even dumber. I know. (laughs) I mean, come on. And it doesn't even... I mean, I, I don't know what the ones look like that you could strike on anything, but I'm pretty sure they were bigger. You ever had a toothpick like in your mouth? Of course. After a while, it's annoying. Well, it tastes like crap. It's just wood. I do love those cinnamon toothpicks, though. You ever had those? They're pretty good. I have. I have at, at a few restaurants. Yeah. They're, they're pretty good. It's like it's like having a mint, but cleaning your teeth. I don't know why I'm thinking about Jay Alexander's as I think about toothpicks for some reason. I have no idea. Great coleslaw. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Ada and the communists. She gets picked up half naked, by the way, and picked yeah. up by a Dolores Umbridge looking woman who. Uh, Dude, seriously. Who arrests her and f- apparently they strip search her because she's holding a weapon. Give me a break. You, you know who I think that that woman looks like a little more than Umbridge? I Ooh. think she looks more like the teacher from, oh, man, there's this this show with this little girl. It's like a Halloween show. She's, oh, man. Halloween show. It? It, I don't, it's not like Halloween-y. She grows up, and she has, like, these little witch powers, and she's in school, and, th- you know, th- this big, mean teacher lady forces this kid to eat a lot of chocolate Oh, cake. Matilda. Yes, thank you. I knew it started with an M. She reminds me of the teacher from Matilda. That the chocolate, big one. Yeah, that chocolate yeah. cake thing always reminds me of Yeah. That. By the way, you were never on the Ada is is attractive. In seasons one and two, I did not like her. Tell she me, just she kind of looked she's better tell now. Tell me she's not better now. Come on. <laughs> They're working her up to this. <laughs> Ada, Ada's got it going on, is all I gotta say. But she was she was too greasy and and see I mean they were relax. all greasy in season one, but well, they were coming up from the slums. I know, but that's the, that, that's the point, right? Like, they were all greasy in, in, in that season. All right, well, let's get to the season. <laughs> uh, C- Colonel Ben Younger, who... Have we met Colonel Ben Younger before? No, this is the first time we have met Colonel Ben Younger, and he looks so familiar. Yeah, I don't know why, but um, he has a history with Tommy. He's apparently, the only cavalryman that Tommy respects um, is this guy, Colonel Ben Younger, who has picked up Ada. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. 
We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Because she has been seen fraternizing with the communists, or AKA Jesse Eden. And they proposition Ada. That sounds like a sexual thing, but it they does. proposition her to be a double agent on behalf of the government so mm-hmm. that she can infiltrate the communists and also, I guess, benefit the Shelby Incorporated company. I don't know. Yeah. What do you think of Colonel Ben Younger? Because he seems like he also is on Team Ada. He he does. He, seem, he seems like a pretty nice guy. I mean, he's obviously right? coming in here and playing good cop, but seem, seems like a nice dude. I think he seems like a nice guy, too. And I'm a... Go ahead. And if Tommy likes him, then as we Boy, find out in the right. next scene, I bet. Yeah, that that is, no. If Tommy likes him, I mean, it's 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 game over. It's great. You know, I welcome, mean, this, welcome this to is, the family. This is the episode recap. If somebody's listening to this, I would certainly hope that they have finished. Um, For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say I was just doing a little uh, a little googling, and have you ever seen the show The OA? I think there's only like two seasons. Did you watch it? OA sounds very the familiar. OA. It's a Netflix thing. I know what I'm, it is. Like, I, but it's I've... really weird. But he's in that. He's like Ooh, one of the main younger? main characters. Ah, uh, Ben Younger. Yeah, his name is Kingsley Benadier. Very similar to, I guess, Colonel Ben Younger. Yeah, pretty close. What's the money line on Goliath versus Bonnie at this point? What do you mean? Like what's the what's the Vegas betting line here on on Bonnie Goliath? I'm saying Goliath minus eight hundred. You're not very familiar with sports gambling. No, I'm sorry, I'm not. Yeah, well, I would have to say that the line is very much in favor of Goliath because Bonnie looks 135 pounds soaking wet. I'm lost. <laughs> Did you not see Bonnie in the practicing scene? Do you know what I'm talking about? Bonnie is going to fight Alfie's nephew. Oh, the giant Goliath. Gosh, I don't know why I did not put that together. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that. Bonnie looks soaking wet. Like 140 pounds? Yeah, 130 pounds, 140 pounds, maybe. Goliath looks a solid (laughs) 210, 230. (laughs) At least. At least. And he's like seven feet tall. Goliath would whoop Bonnie's ass. I mean, I I think Bonnie could try and hit Goliath as hard as he wants and it was it's a joke it's like come on stop tickling me no man it's like it's like come on uh for the people who've watched fighting out there it's like francis and gano fighting i don't know what's a skinny kid Uh, sean o'malley like it's just a you can't put somebody who weighs like 230 pounds or 200 pounds against somebody who weighs like 130 it's not fair Anyway, with his weight classes, we really don't spend too much time on Bonnie and Goliath right there. Uh, we go straight to a meeting between Tommy and Ada, where Tommy, of course, set up the arrest of Ada so that it would look like she was arrested and it would keep look, her safe. You know, keep her exactly, keep her her name clear of cooperating, I guess, with the government. But yeah, this has all been contrived and planned by Tommy because. They're offering him three five-year contracts to provide military vehicles yeah. to support the British government. And I mean, at this point, come on. If, if you haven't realized that everything that happens in the show is orchestrated by Tommy, worth, pay attention. 
worth two million dollars by the way wow. and now i don't trust your math mathematical lookup history skills <laughs> i don't trust your mathematical history lookup skills any more than i trust the original recipe of coca-cola <laughs> but uh it was i think it was coca that was put in it which is a like it's like a it is a, a drug it's a leaf that you yeah that you would have like if you go to peru and you go drug well if you go to peru and there's a lot of altitude sickness if you go to like machu picchu and those like ruins they will have you chew on that leaf to take away your altitude sickness, which really does work although i've never personally done it but i know sure. several people who have uh-huh. it's Getting not a drug a it's a naturally too, huh? it's a natural it's a natural leaf well here you said it was worth two million pounds at this pounds time at this right? time how many right, so two <laughs> It's one, two, three. One, two, three. That would be worth. This is just dollars mm-hmm. from 1919 okay. to uh, 2022. That is $34 million. Okay. Is that in Trump's economy or Biden's? In Biden's, it would be about an 8% inflation. So can you do the math on? Uh, it looks like it is calculating in, I mean, this this year. Oh, okay. So that's, that's adjusted for Biden inflation? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I can go back to 2020 and see what that would have been. Got it. That would have been, yeah, that only would have been 29 million, uh, 30 million. Got it. So, okay, cool. Yeah. So cool. two years, we get an additional 4 million because of, because of <coughs> stuff. Excellent. Excellent. All right, cool. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> we are on to <laughs> the, the meeting. The date. Is that what we're going to call this? The date? I mean, it feels like a date. It's the, candlelit. Are we going to call this? nice drinks. going to call this the dinner of Eden here? Whoa. Right. I is, was, was going to go somewhere else. Is, is Tommy the snake? Ooh. Because he is negotiating with this. Is he deceiving? With some gin, right? Yeah. Yeah. She yeah, never does give her opinion on the gin, which pisses me off. I mean, I love gin. It's great. She says, I really don't care much for gin, and she gets drunk off of it. Like, at least say, like May does. Is it sweet? Is it It was pretty dry? good. It's all right. S- say something. By the way, I had, uh, what is Tommy cooking up on that grill? I was trying to look. I'm not sure. Can Jimmy, co- some can Jimmy look friend. that up? Uh, he can try. Because I had pigeon this weekend for the first time in my life. Oh, how was it? Well, I went to my cousin's wedding, and it was um, hosted. He... He was very gracious and hosted it at his three Michelin star restaurant mm-hmm. uh, called the Little Inn at Washington in uh, Virginia. If you're ever there, recommend. And one of the courses, <laughs> you see it on the menu and it says pigeon. And I'm just <laughs> thinking of like New York pigeons or just any pigeon I've seen in Florida. Yeah. And I mean, granted, there was a dish on this menu that I did not care for, which was the first one. It was like this thing in an egg. And when you go to these restaurants, they don't really tell you what's in the dishes. Mm-hmm. Um, but the pigeon was fantastic. It tasted like one of the best filet mignons I've ever had in my life. That sounds so pretentious. But I promise you, what you would <laughs> expect from a pigeon is some nasty-looking, like, brown-looking meat. Like something fishy. But Not fishy. like Birdie. Like, like, almost like pecking duck, but disgusting. I've never had that. Me neither, but it like, doesn't look super appetizing. I've heard me. duck taste great. Yeah, they sounded super yeah. country when you said that. I heard, I've duck, heard duck taste I heard, great. I heard duck taste great. Just pick your out between my teeth. Yeah, almost better than a match between my <laughs> in my mouth. Anyways, uh, but it, you expect it to taste nasty, and to be honest, it was my favorite thing on the menu. Mm-hmm. And that's what it looks like. Tommy's cooking on the thing. It's at least pheasant, maybe. Well, Jimmy, Jimmy can't find anything that that's you know very you know you know 
firm, like, hey, this is the answer. But he is saying that a lot of people think it is some sort of bird with okay. mushrooms. With mushrooms. Apparently. It looks like I don't a know pair- if he threw in that detail. It looks like a pair of old shoes that he's. I thought it was like he just like pulled some two rats out there by their tail or something. It did look like rats. <laughs> That's I was what, like, what I thought at first. Doing? My trapper friend just picked this up for Eric. me. <laughs> <laughs> I heard rat tastes great. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that a line from Red Dead or something? Is it? Oh man, I swear that, that I've heard that before. <laughs> it sounds like something an NPC would say. It well, does, doesn't it? Tommy's having dinner with Jesse, and the whole point of the dinner is to seduce Jesse, like, uh, you know, just seduce her, which she's looking mighty fine, I got to say, in this scene. Um, I, you know what it is? It's the 1920s little bob haircut they got going on here. Yeah. It's attractive on Ada and on Jesse Eden. And it, I didn't. It works. I didn't think Jesse Eden was very attractive in, in the previous episodes, but something she, about this uh, moonlight dinner. Yeah. Maybe this bottle of Rough Riders is... That might be it, you know? (laughs) It's just 11 Mm o'clock. No, but in all seriousness... She's dressed up here, so... Yeah, yeah. And the whole point of the meeting, really, or dinner, is Tommy seducing her. But there is a... There's a chemistry here where they are equals intellectually. Yes. Uh, Where... I would honestly say he's only ever had this kind of connection with Mae Carlton and this woman because he didn't have this with Grace. Grace was not an intellectual, in That's my true. opinion. And, I, neither, I, and neither, I is Lizzie. So. neither is Lizzie. Neither is Lizzie. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, but the, this, these girls, can they can go 12 rounds like Bonnie against Goliath, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's trying to seduce her into giving the names up of the instigators who are truly behind the armed revolution that is threatening the i guess the geopolitical landscape of uh, mm-hmm. the united kingdom at this time yeah and uh he's successful at least at arranging a dinner because he gets jesse eden nice and liquored up as they mm-hmm. talk about old war stories and he prepares this this record of that reminds her of her lost lover yeah i mean they're having a great night She's over there sweating from all the alcohol. It doesn't even look like he's had a drink. <laughs> well, he's way too like he's so friendly well, he's and smiley too, right? Yeah. He's yeah, like so true. smiley in this episode. Yeah, he looks a little star-eyed. It's uncharacteristic, and she's just sweating, and she's jaw ginned up and ready to go. Are we team Jesse Eden or team Lizzie? Hmm. I am not the biggest fan of Jesse Eden, so I'm going to go with Team Lizzie. Okay. I'm going Team Lizzie, too, because I think Lizzie would allow Tommy to be in this lifestyle of his, you know? Yeah. I mean, she she's grown up. I mean, even in just what we've seen in this lifestyle. Like, she's becoming more and more a part of it. She now works for the company. She's now, well... Uh, involved from a family point of view almost i guess now right yeah no i mean she's got tommy's baby in her belly yeah um charlie and curly future restaurateurs you know i could see them opening up a restaurant charlie and curly you know what i mean like just call charlie's yard right there charlie's yard Bro, that that would be a great. That's a name fantastic for it, name right? for like a pub. 
I'm gonna have to write that down. That should be like the uh, when when we have our physical space and you know we have the coffee shop studio Charlie's and bar. Yard. Charlie's, yeah, Charlie's Yard, Charlie's Yard, right and yeah. Joy, who wrote the email, will have a lifelong seat at Charlie's Yard. Perfect, because this is where we came up with the name. We'll call it, it Joy's Perch. Okay. You should okay. have like a nice seat there in the. Yeah. At the right. bar. Okay. Well, Charlie's Yard, I like that. I think we could franchise that. Let's do it. I can see it, right? Like with a brick facade. I know. You got like a nice bar set up. It's a great name. Everybody's got to be dressed with the vest and the shirts. To the nines. Yeah. Uh, 100%. Like it. If, 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 if I have a lounge or a bar, like that's going to be the Charlie's dress Yard. Write that you down, man. Charlie's right Yard. Down. I like that. I really I'm, like I'm gonna that. Write it down. I'm going to write it down. Let me, let, me, let me get a little note out of here. I was going with Bustos Bodega, but. Oh, that one sounds a little uh, risque. Bodega Busto. <laughs> um, all right. The boxing fight prep. Well, we go to see this travesty of a fight where uh, a twig fights an oak tree. Uh, and Bonnie versus Goliath here. Uh, Arthur continues with the drug consumption as Johnny Dogs pats people down for blades that they're hiding in their arm sleeves or their shirt sleeves. Seems like an odd place to... Well, I mean, like, where else are you going to stick it? Have we seen this theater before where they're hosting this boxing fight? No. I don't think so. It looks, well, it looks very maybe, familiar. Did we see it, like, early on? Like, was there, like, this, like, hey, Alfie, here's where we're going to do it? I don't I no. don't think we did. I think this is the first time. I'll say this there as they're walking down there, because this is like a montage scene, as we have a lot in Peaky. Yeah, uh, where they're setting up the prep of the fight, and uh, Bonnie's back there. They're offering him twenty percent of the cut if he knocks out Goliath, uh, which I'm surprised because I thought they were going to ask Bonnie to throw the fight. Um, you know what I mean? But then again, well, I don't would they be making money on that? that? No, because everybody would think that he was he would lose. He's anyway, lose. So Bonnie throwing the fight wouldn't wouldn't do anything good. Goliath would have to throw it. Yeah, exactly. So we have um, this really, they spent the money on this, on this setting of wherever it is, because it's probably the most elaborate setting, the most actors they use in all the episodes here. I thought you were saying like, like the Shelby spent the money. I was going to be like, no, they just walked in and said, by order of the Peaky Blinders. That's true. This is true. They're probably just common. (laughs) We'll be here tonight. Yeah. Tommy sees something that makes him walk. You know what? Did you notice the last Mm -hmm. shot of the episode is Tommy looking at the ring? And he yeah. almost looks shocked. And I, I wonder what caught his eye. And we end the episode as he goes into this Moroccan-looking spa with Alfie Solomon emerging from the misty mm-hmm. spa room area. Yeah. Place. Well. And that's the end of episode five. Let yeah. Me pause this before we get into episode six here. Yeah, look, come on. We're in ep- we just took a quick glance. Look oh at Goliath. Gosh. I told you he's literally seven foot. The dude is a monster. Oh, he is. He's huge. First Luca acting like a cartoon in the beginning of the episode, and now you expect me to believe Goliath versus Bonnie is a fair fight. All right. Zach. Yeah. I enjoyed this episode. It's no longer my pantheon of favorite episodes. I agree with that. Um but it's it's good it's decent yeah it's a peaky episode it's just 
good. Yeah, that is a great way to put it. It, it is a peaky episode. That is, it is quite literally a peaky <laughs> episode. It Again, I think season three and season four is a little better than I remember. But there's 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 a lot of other episodes that i i like a lot more than this one i mean what what was your what was your favorite scene in, in this whole whole episode my favorite scene in this episode is probably the interaction between lizzie and tommy yeah of her building up the courage to say that she's pregnant with his child but i also of course will always enjoy the tommy gorilla fighting luca changreta like yeah you don't get many of those set pieces in Peaky, yeah. where Tommy is complete soldier. Uh, so much so that Johnny Dogs calls him out and says, I thought you'd gone soft, Tom. <laughs> you know? And I'd say those two, and I don't want to steal your thunder, but also the Alfie negotiating yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah. My, that's my top two. It, it's the, uh, it's the I mean, every scene with, with Alfie almost, right? Especially, especially negotiating anything. Yeah. It's, it's always great. I mean grenades involved or mm-hmm. keeping your eyes closed to intimidate somebody it's great um but i i did like the whole tommy versus you know luca and in, in, in the beginning of the episode but you know all all the warfare and everything going on yeah. however i think it was such a missed opportunity on tommy's part to just obliterate all five of them at once i mean even if you just had you and your two brothers. Mm-hmm. You well, got three Lewis brother. guns. One brother. Arthur. I don't see I don't see Finn doing any damage. I mean if he's got a Lewis gun and you got two people pro- I mean, alright, fine. For, forget forget Finn. We've got Arthur and we got like just grab any other um Peaky Blinder. Mm-hmm. They're gone. They're gone. I want to bring something up that we haven't mentioned. Go for it. This is Alfie's second time betraying Tommy. Yeah, at least. Right? Because in the previous season, Tommy's son is kidnapped. Yeah, the one with the jewels and everything. Wait. And he he says, Alfie, you crossed the line. Yeah. Cross the line? (laughs) How, you know, he does that whole monologue where he says, Yeah. sons have you butchered killed and maimed he does that whole thing (laughs) um this is second time betraying tommy did he betray him in the season with the uh with the russians as well that that is the season it is the the same season i guess i was oh yeah that's right the priest i I was thinking i always separate the priest and the russians for some reason it's the same one that's right he's the one who feeds the names of the buyers of the contraband no it's the it's the third time no, second. he betrayed him. No, no, but didn't didn't Alfie Alfie betrayed him with what's his name in season two, <clears throat> with Billy Kimber? No, the other guy, Sabini. Yes, Sabini. But they were never they weren't friends at that point. At that point, at that point, yeah, at that I point, they right. weren't in business together. Because remember, Alfie joins up with Tommy to go against Sabini. Hmm. Yeah, I think right. So I think this I can't is the, recall. This is the second time, at least. Yes. Which is like, fool me once, shame on you, you know? Fool me twice, shame on me. I mean, I guess this is just their, their little dance back and forth. This is this is their relationship. Yeah. Has Tommy betrayed Alfie? I guess Tommy betrays everybody. I didn't, I didn't he, be, 
He betrayed Tyrion. Billy Kimber. That is true. He he betrays them to replace them. Yeah, which is if there's somebody so, did yeah. that to Tommy, we'd be well, like, of course. of course, that would be an enemy. Yeah. So he betrays Billy Kimber. Uh, he definitely betrays Campbell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In a way. In a few ways, yeah. He betrays the priest. Tommy lies to everybody he gets into an alliance with, pretty much. <laughs> that yeah, that is very true. We just also as we are as the audience and as the fans, we all bleed Shelby, Shelby blood. You know. Yeah. They're allowed to do it, but nobody else is. Exactly. All right. They're better. Let's get into the superlatives. Or what are we calling these? The categories. I mean, you, you've always called them superlatives. We touched on one favorite scene. Let's uh, let's do the other favorite favorite actor or character of the episode. I, there's got to be. I'm not gonna give it to Tommy this episode. Okay. I'm gonna give it to. I'm gonna give it to Polly. I was. Yeah, stealing your yes, thunder. It's the first. It's the first one where she's back. Um, like yeah, back like cl- closest to yeah. the Polly I remember. Yeah, before we and even this season, and even more badass. You know. Yeah, especially in this episode, right? Like she's she's come to terms with the fact that she's she's died. Because they show that scene of her in Abarama, and it almost feels like a scene that if you that you might have gotten to the editing room and been like is this scene really necessary? Like, are we going to really drag this one out for five minutes? And it was very important to get into her mind and to see how is she feeling? And she feels free. She feels like she has no rules, no limitations. She even goes so far as to think that she can haunt people from the afterlife. So she says, your knives won't work on me. Essentially saying, I will haunt you after I'm dead. Yeah. Which is pretty intense. Yeah. So that's mine. How about yours? Well, I was I was gonna go with Polly. Um, I, I cannot go with with uh, with Abarama. So you know, I'm as short lived. Actually, you know what? No, I'm gonna go with Jesse Eden. Wasn't expecting that. Yeah, I'll throw a weird one out there. Wow, Jesse Eden. Yeah, How it was it was interesting to see her. I mean, in 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 this sort of I guess perspective. It's a little different from from you know barging into the the business and threatening Tommy the whole time. Honorable mentions: Johnny Dogs, always Curly with the gramophone and Charlie setting it up at Charlie's yard. Um, Alfie, of course. Alfie, of course. He was probably second place for me. Yep. And Tommy, but Tommy's always such a bore that it's like he hardly ever carries an episode and hardly ever shines in this show. Oh yeah, totally. So, never, I've, I've never seen him carry an episode where it was yeah. just like, "Wow, it was great." Yeah, no, um, never. <laughs> so, all right, next up on the superlatives here. Next one, favorite line. Hmm. There's a couple. I like when I like Paulie when she says, "I can do what I would do whatever I want when, if the mood takes me." Mm-hmm. and then we live in this beautiful world of some, I love that line and then I love the line when she says I'm 16 in the smoke I love that too Yeah. Um, I like Tommy's line where he says I haven't I've, I've barely said a true word since I've come back from the war <laughs> and then I like Arthur's line when he says and a hundred ton on top of that because you are a fucking 
and he goes <laughs> on to say a, a slur against uh yeah. Greta, yeah which i won't repeat yeah although he says it with such a, a uh, he says it amazingly yeah, magnificently yeah. Yeah. i just don't know how serious the word is so yeah and neither do i um i might i might have to ask some people that might know yeah uh just don't ask an italian well, that's who I was going to ask. I was oh, just going right, to be like, what is a... You might, um, lose, you might lose a friend. <laughs> uh, I mean, no disrespect, but... Um, how, about, how about your favorite line? I liked the whole dialogue between Alfie and Luca. I, I mean, it's just hard for me to get over Alfie's lines. It's, it's great. Um, I love when he says... And 100 pounds on top of that, because... Tommy Shelby and me come from oppressed people. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. It was great. I mean, I, I think, I do think that the funniest part of that whole dialogue was uh, Alfie just saying like, oh, and you need to get your men circumcised. And he's like, okay. Yeah. All right, bud. No problem. All right. Sure. On my foreskin, here it is. You know, it's crazy. All right. Any, uh, anything else here? Um, those are the those are the typical ones that we touch on. I mean, we're missing one. There's there's plot holes, but I mean, I plot hole. Of, we'll just chalk it up the, to Tommy's yeah. plan against Shangretta. Yeah, he should have had his whole army there, and they should have ended him right there. But then that would have been kind of boring for a show. <laughs> so it's true. The end. Yeah. I mean, it's, it could it could have been a good redeeming moment. I, I don't know. It's just just this all out you know warfare yeah. between everybody. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah. I think I think that's about it. All right, cool. All right, fun episode. We head on to our final episode of the I'm Peaky kind of Blinders sad. podcast. Yeah, it's a little bittersweet. But we head to our final episode of the Peaky Blinders podcast, episode six of season four, coming up soon. In the next couple of days, probably, that we'll record that one. And uh, it's been a fun journey. That it has. We are going to continue content, of course, um, on the Peaky Blinders stuff as we learn more about what's coming in the future but um yeah thanks for tuning in to episode four we apologize for the delay episode we, five and we'd really appreciate support across our other shows and um whether business is your jam or not maybe that's not your thing but we do have a show on lupin that we have also done the complete uh series of lupin on yeah. and if you like peaky blinders i believe you'll like lupin as well or as the french say lupin or Lupin. 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 So, um, yeah, give that a listen. We have both or the f- entire first season on there. Part um, one and two. Part one and two. And it's, it's a fun show. Great actor who leads it away. It's very similar to Peaky in the sense of uh, one actor really kind of is a strong lead and a, and a very likable character. And, uh, yeah, enjoy that. Let us know what you think. By far, I'd say Peaky Blinders is, is, has our most viewers of any show on the channel but we'd love to see that move on especially since peaky blinders is no longer uh airing so yeah we must adapt and move as tommy shelby against six italians so (laughs) zach you do the closing honors here pal i will do what i can hopefully i can remember this has been a minute but anyways thank you for listening to episode five season four of 
the Peaky Blinders podcast by Story Archives. You can find this podcast anywhere you find podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify podcasts, and a few other places. You can visit us at soapbox.house where you will find links out to this podcast and a bunch of other podcasts there. So looking forward to, uh, to the final episode with you guys. All right, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, stay peaky.